What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. guys we are back this week episode 151 of the moto x pod show obviously i'm dark side my my producer is finally back in studio dj tj say what's up what's up guys so it's good to have you back if you are just listening to this on the archives as steve says stealing his stuff uh we've got new camera systems very similar to what they're doing dj tj came up with all this in the you know minutes notice to make up for all his absentees so you can watch us all live on youtube right now or watch it later on youtube but uh yeah it's, you can see all the excitement of the new studio uh but i wanted to let you guys know about our title sponsor torque one racing the moto xpod show is brought to you by torque one racing who is providing high quality economical performance parts check out torque one racing.com for grips pegs handlebars shifters brake pedals and more Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Helmet Painting, A Chair Beats, X Brand Goggles, and Williams Moto Works. All on board with the show, keeping things going. Once again, Patreon.com if you guys want to help support the show. Uh, TJ, I hadn't told you we actually lost a Patreon supporter today. Our buddy... Um, my mind just went blank. Phil's stepdad. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Carl. Carl. Yes, yeah. he he had to uh, change in some things, trying to save some money for for a new house or something. But he's and been a part of the show. Since been a part day of the show one. for a long time. So, so we awesome. we did lose a patron supporter, but that's okay. We uh, hopefully somebody else can come on. Uh, if Marley, my stepdaughter, if you're still listening, please sign up for Patreon and give us all your money. She said you're a dingus. <sighs> She's right. She's right. Um, okay, tonight, great show. We have a pre-recorded interview with Cooper Webb, so if you're listening on or watching on YouTube, you won't hear that until you go to the archives. But we also have Alex Martin, who's going to come on in a little bit, Bill Harris from Supercross Futures with Feld, and Jay Reynolds is going to give us a, a weekend update on the Arena Cross races that happened this weekend. Uh, okay, Oakland, TJ, thoughts? It was actually... I don't know. The track was actually really cool. I thought I was. I, I like the new track changes. Uh, the way they're doing them, a little different. I just thought it was good. The, I, I guess, I don't know. The racing's all been good this year. So how do you say? Yeah. You know, you, you get what I'm trying to say. Like it's yeah, all it's, been. It's good. been a. I think it's been a lot better than in years past. Um, I think the tracks have been fantastic. Uh, I said to somebody watching maybe it was on Facebook last night with the pulp thing, but I said that like watching uh Oakland during practice and in qualifying, I thought, oh, this is gonna be a crappy race. This is not gonna work. A lot of inside and actually Cooper talked about this on the interview last night when I talked to him. A lot of like rhythms that were in a turning lane sort of. Yeah. And I thought, oh man, everybody's gonna go inside. That's not gonna work. But it really the way they designed the track, it slowed everything down. 
which kept everybody close. Yeah. And we saw some great passes. We saw the, you know, the Cooper Webb on Kenny at the last minute. And I think it, you know, we saw Eli able to come back a couple times and make it exciting. And um, I thought, I think the track stuff this year so far has been awesome. Yeah, it, it, it really has been. The the track changes, I guess you'd say, are slowing it down. And maybe that's what it is. I hadn't thought about that until now yeah. because I know they peaking, they're more peaked up, they're more whatever. But, um, yeah, that, that would make sense. I like it. I hope it keep, continues. Uh, you know, last week the Triple Crown might have been my least favorite race so far, although it wasn't a bad race. It just – we having problems? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I've seen so far. I'm looking – I can't wait to leave for San Diego this weekend. Um, got some things lined up. We're trying to do some Patreon-only interviews, which I don't even know if I've told you about this, but I, I posted on our Patreon account for our listeners. They can send me questions for any riders they want me to try to get with. Yeah. And, and not get with, but you know what I mean. <laughs> do interviews with. And I would ask their questions, and that would be a Patreon-only content. Right. Uh, a lot of our Patreon supporters didn't respond, which they usually do. Some of them were like, I don't know what to ask or, or whatever, but I did get some, some questions. Cool. So we're going to try to do some Patreon-only support. So you Patreon guys, make sure you all send that stuff in because he'll actually go yeah, talk to those people. Yeah, I'll get it done. Uh, we leave, Amber and I leave Thursday morning. We're going to hang out in San Diego Thursday and do some, she's going to do whatever she wants. We're going to do with her stuff Thursday. And then Friday I'll be at press and Saturday at the race, obviously, and Looking to forward to some just a good race. I mean, it's been way too long. It's been over a month since I've been to one, and yeah, it seems like it's been mo- two months. But you were at Oakland, right? I I, I no no, I, you didn't make it. I don't go to the actual race. You're so weird. Well, I mean, guys, what the heck do you think? Okay, the producer of the Moto X Pod show. He's a racer. His son races Supercross Futures. He's at the stadium. He's literally at the damn town, and he doesn't go to the Supercross race. No, actually, I was not. We stay outside of Oakland, yeah, and we wait oh, until never mind. first thing in the morning. Never mind. <laughs> I was so wrong. You were 10 minutes away. I was an hour away. Um, I sent Doc into the town. I mean, I sent Doc to go do it, like to go sign up or whatnot, I, so... I didn't have to. The, Such a weirdo. But it's really good on the TV. It really is. But it's even better being there. Um, to you, it I, is. I would like. To, I would. We may do a Twitter poll just to see. Like, would you rather watch it on TV or be at the race? Okay, here's the problem. When you're at the races, ninety um, percent of the people who go, ninety nine percent of people that go, don't get to sit in the press box. If I go, I'm going to wind up taking my wife and kids. They're going to go watch too. So I'm not going to go to the press box with my family, right? Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to sit in the stands, and then some reason, some retard in front of me, his eyes don't work as good. You're not supposed when you to sit. say retard. No, the person that sits in front of me is. But you're a retard. Yes. If they their eyes must not work as good sitting down because when something they happens, stand up. they have to stand up. And okay. It, it doesn't make any sense. That's whatsoever. a fair point. I don't. I, I don't understand why people stand up. I, I definitely don't get that. Um, I did sit in the crowd last year at Dallas, I think, when Amber and Marley and Hattie went. Um, and it, I definitely like being in the press box better. And that's and that's really and truly what it's about. You go to these races, and for us, just like it is nice. But I don't. We, most people don't do that, and I'm not gonna do that. And I can sit back and watch it on TV. I can freak out over my fantasy. And have it right there in front of me. It's just a a better yeah. experience for me. Well, I like I said, I did sit in the crowd in the general 
population. The gen with the with the, uh, the gen pop, the gen pop. Yeah, at Dallas <laughs> with with Amber and the girls for a little bit. But then, like, I think when the mains came, I was like, "Hey, I got to go back upstairs. I got to get up there." <laughs> so you I ditched did, them. What, what you're telling me them. is just straight yes, up ditched I, them. And Marley's listening right now. Yeah, well, Marley's Marley's rad. Marley, Marley, and I took her little sister to WWE a couple of weeks. That's non moto, but it was pretty cool experience. Yeah did did you uh, tag Weege in anything, and did he reply? I think I did tag him, and I even texted him, and he still never replied. He cool guyed me a little bit. Well, he's also he's been off. He's hadn't been going to the races or anything. He's yeah. doing his videos from like his random office in a in like a like a, in a bunch of buildings. Yeah, yeah. Well, that WWE was pretty cool. Uh, watching my my youngest stepdaughter Hattie, never seen a kid that excited as she was for that, which I posted on my Instagram. I'm sure a lot of people saw it. That was pretty fun. Um, okay, are there any questions? Are we getting any YouTube questions right now, or anything before we go to a break? Well, we've got um, like five people watching right now. Five, so five people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Setting is the internet our, on fire. Is our server going to handle all that? <laughs> right now, it's just barely. It's barely handling. Okay. It, well. Uh, okay, so we got Alex Martin coming up. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back r- with Alex Martin. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what What was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Works. that's Williams Moto and then W E R X at gmail.com. Okay. That's better. Not good, but better. All right, guys, we're back, and our next guest of the night is brought to you by X Brand Goggles. X Brand Goggles have grown into the choice goggle of many of the top privateers like Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, and John Short. And tonight, X Brand Goggles brings us Alex Martin. What's up, dude? Not much, guys. Just had a good day training at Moto Sandbox, Claremont, Florida, and now I'm just kicking it. How is that travel all the way back to Florida? A lot of guys choose to stay in Cali uh, this part of the year. What's the travel like for you? Uh, I'm not going to lie. It sucks. <laughs> so what's the reasoning yeah. for making the, the trip? What why, why is that better for you? Family? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, just with JJR Suzuki, there's no, I mean, this past year, Suzuki stopped paying their lease for the test track in Corona. Okay. So now the, the Suzuki track is the Honda 2 H2. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, just for me, like, I, I mean, I live in Claremont now. My wife has a job here. We have a house here. Makes um, sense. I have a practice mechanic, pay for Moto Sandbox, you know, the training fee out there. So I just, like, logistically, I'm all set up on the East Coast. And it's just, I tried to go out there for, like, a couple weeks last year, mm-hmm. like, around Hangtown, when uh hangtown time and it was just kind of a pain in the ass so yeah i, I, I know just, a lot you know. of you guys don't like it out there anyway and the tracks kind of suck so uh i guess if you can just get over the time on the flights and all that the the rest of the time being at home probably makes it a lot easier on your life oh big time yeah i mean i have a pretty good routine here i mean it's i mean it's for sure sunday is a long travel day i mean you're looking at <laughs> 
a five, six hour flight, but Oof. I mean, once you get back, you're good to go, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, it's not too bad to be honest. I mean, it's, it's starting to wear a little bit cause we've been doing it for five weekends straight. I mean, actually what was tougher was last week I came back from Glendale back to Orlando and then I was home for like a day or two kind of rehabbing cause I was pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I flew to Charlotte for like two days of testing and then I flew back Jeez. and then got on my original flight to fly to Oakland. So it was like, <laughs> I was on like six planes in seven days or something. So that sounds terrible. Yeah. Other than that, we're good. <laughs> right on. So who all is out there with that? Like on a daily basis, who, two questions here who are you training with the most and who's in your way the most out there <laughs> uh yeah so like in the off season it was cool because kenny adam chase sexton they're all there like occasionally we'll have Kyle chisholm come out lorenzo lucrucio um but then lately it's obviously chase got hurt with his collarbone otherwise i probably would be riding with him more um adam and kenny are on the west coast in california and so it's like Chisholm and Lorenzo LaCrucio and like actually, I think, uh, Kobush, Lance Kobush. He, oh, yeah. He just started riding out there. So, yeah, there's some, there's some good guys here there. Are cool. those guys going to, when they hit back on the West Coast, like are you expecting to get a bunch more guys showing up on a daily? Yeah, I mean, honestly, next week it's going to be like wide open, I think, for coming back for Tampa. Yeah, I, 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 are you excited about the break? Well, you're not. Yeah, you're, are you excited about that? Because you were originally going to ride 450s, but it sounds like uh, I heard you on the pulp. Uh, I think it was on the post race stuff say that you probably weren't going to do that now. Uh, so, is the break something that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of think I came in like pretty naively optimistic, and then <laughs> oh. you know, five or six rounds in, I'm like, yeah, like I just want, I want to chill. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of with the travel and everything you guys got to do during the week and the racing. That's that's a lot. Uh, it, it's got to be exhausting. Yeah, and, and you know, to be honest, like I, the 450 guys are gnarly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think part of the reason why you see a lot of those, I mean, some of those guys retire younger is just because it is such a grueling schedule. And that's part of my, I feel my longevity of the, being in the sport is like, I've always done 250 East, 250 West and then outdoors. So yeah, I've definitely had a lot more time off, I guess, in around Supercross season time. So yeah, makes yep. sense. Go ahead, TJ. So I had a Jonesy. One of our listeners on YouTube had asked, he said, it looks like you're getting like even better in the whoops, especially this last weekend and the way the whoops were. Are you start? He wants to know if you're starting to like find some changes with the bike or what's going on with the, the constant progression. Yeah. Well, so we were actually last year, our setting was really good for the whoops. I feel like Jimmy D and I were, and even Kyle Peters, like we were all pretty solid in the whoops. And, um, we just kind of deviated away from that for some reason. <laughs> and, you know, I think at Glendale, it was pretty apparent, like, yeah, the bike was not good in the whoops at all. So, and even for Anaheim too, crashing there spectacularly in the main <laughs> and he raced, you know, yeah. um, so last week we went up to Charlotte and we had like two very, very long days testing with the JGR guys. And, and honestly, just, there was a lot of things we changed, like from the front to the back, there was a, quite a few things. So. Um, and I think it showed last weekend, obviously we were definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. Your, your, uh, results have been, you know, getting, well, they've been better other than Glendale. Glendale was, you know, not fantastic. Um, how do you feel about your season? I know you're not, you know, super excited. You want to be on the podium, but you know, what are you taking away from what you've done so far? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've been very solid, but it's frustrating because I definitely haven't had the flashes of brilliance um, or, like, the, the super-fast qualifying speed or anything that I would like. Um, but at the same time, you know, we only get paid for main events, and I feel like I've shown up for the most part in the mains. Um, I mean, obviously, I've been fourth, like, a lot, and yeah. it's, it's kind of getting a little bit old because there's a big difference in, uh, you know, payout, I would say, from third to fourth for me. You know, any guy on a factory team, like you're getting that top three, you're getting a bonus. Otherwise, you're basically just getting your AMA purse money, which is nothing. Yeah, so, exactly. It's definitely bittersweet, for sure. I mean, there, I've had a lot of Supercross seasons where I've been hurt, I've been injured, and just watching. So, at the same time, I'm happy to be out there, happy to be racing. Um, but, you know, also, JGR and Suzuki really need some results, I think, at this point in time. Like, it's no secret that everybody's kind of down on Suzuki as a brand and JGR. And and I'm definitely trying very hard during the week and putting in the time and effort to just, you know, make sure we can get some damn podium for, yeah, those, for those guys. You, you, you want to feel like it's got to be coming, you know, but, uh, I mean, it really, first of all, the field, we always use the term, it's stacked. There's some really fast guys in that field. Uh, you know, not even just talking about the top, the, the guys that are in the top three right now, but, I mean, guys like yourself and Moseman, uh, Hartraff, the, you know, guys that are all, in my opinion, should be podium contenders it's not easy. I, I hate all the the negativity on a particular bike or whatever at that level. Um, I think it's just it's just it's difficult, man. It's difficult to do what you guys do at that level against that kind of competition. Period. A fourth or a fifth is really I've said this a lot is something that an average person would be pretty happy with when racing against guys at that level. But obviously, you want to get paid. You're there to do a job. But I don't think you should you could you should be too disappointed in yourself to be honest. Yeah, well, and I got to keep that in check too because it's uh, I, of all the seasons I've raced, I feel like of the last like five or six, this is probably the most like d- depth in the field that we've seen like in the 250 class. I mean, I definitely there's been a few East Coast championships I'm part of that were like almost too easy, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. in terms of like just the depth wasn't there and you could ride around and get like six or whatever and pretty easily. Whereas this is like. I mean, honestly, last weekend in Oakland getting a fourth, that's probably the best I've ever rode for a fourth place in a Supercross. Um, you know, just Randis, Forkner, and Jay, and Jay Coop, like those guys are really, really going quick. And, and not to say that I don't think, I mean, I, I believe that, that I can beat those guys, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely like you have to be on point for sure. Yeah, and all, everything has to fall into alignment, really. I mean, you got to have good starts. Uh, you know, you, you got to have not not have a squirrel, you know, that maybe got a good start, take out your front wheel or something. There's, there's so many things that have to happen for that to fall into place, you know, and those guys have, you know, they, they've been able to get through all that stuff. And sometimes, you know, if you if you don't get a good start or whatever, you, you run into these other situations that maybe kind of give you a little bit of a roadblock, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the nature of Supercross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's lots of juggle. Well, I, I was listening to somebody talk about that. Yeah, Gail's class, There's. it seems like if you're not going forward, they're going backwards, Where, especially with what's going on in the West Coast and the 450 class like this year. And I'm sure the East Coast will probably be the same thing. 
all y'all guys are so good that if you're not actively moving forward, then there's somebody right on you trying to get around or, or yeah. push you around or whatever. That was AC talking about the 450 class last night. You, yeah. That, that has no reference to but Alex, does, but you're no, an no, idiot. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm joking, TJ. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sorry. Just, no, what I'm saying is is like it's like that way with the 450 and yeah, the 250. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, in that in the main event last week in Oakland, um, once Ferrandis and Austin Forkner got around me, I was like, all right, like if I can hitch onto these guys, I know I'm going to be, you know, it's going to make my life easier at the end of the at end of the main. Yeah. And there was definitely for probably the first like six or seven minutes of the main, like I was able to keep them pretty much in check. And I mean, honestly, up until Justin Cooper passed me with like I don't know, you know, a lap to go or whatever, like I was only ten seconds back at the end, you know, after 15 minutes, 10 seconds back from those guys. So, I mean, we were definitely close, but it was like if I, you know, would have been 15, 20 seconds back, like I could have easily been seven. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, right. You know, you definitely have to try and stay up front as much as you can and, and battle with those guys. Otherwise, you're you're going backwards quickly because, you know, Luke Clow, Olenberg, Moseman, <laughs> like they're McAdoo. There's yeah. definitely the depth in the class. A lot of it. Yeah, and you know, and that's just the 250. The 450 class is like times seven. <laughs> oh God, that's it's crazy. Yeah, you if you make the main event, you know, in, in the 450 class, you're 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 a stud. Period. Uh, so hey, talk talk about what what is it that you feel like is the prime thing you need to work on to make that next step to get up there and and run with those top three guys that are, you know, a few seconds ahead of you by the end. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me this year has been whoop speed. Okay. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to be gained in the whoops. Um, you know, obviously starts have been pretty solid. Had quite a few hole shots recently. And, um, you know, the engine has come around quite a bit from last year. I think the hole shots are a testament to that. But, I mean, the biggest thing for me is I've always had good corner speed. Um, you know, maybe intensity. My first couple laps, I could open up a little bit better. And that's something I've really worked on the last year or two. Is I mean, being an older guy, you know, it's, you you kind of lose that that speed so constantly working on speed and just being able to open up in a main event a little bit better and and blitz those whoops quicker yeah well that's that's definitely if i ever had any real talent if i i I think whoops would still be what would keep me out of racing at your level because no i'm just gonna say no uh uh-uh I'll go around them (laughs) i'm not going through them it's just that's just a disaster waiting to happen for me (laughs) um so how about the tracks this, this year? I've been asking everybody so far in the last few rounds. As a spectator and fan, I feel like the tracks have been fantastic. Um, I, I The racing's been good. This weekend going into Oakland, or last weekend going into Oakland, I thought during qualifying it was going to be a horrible race. I just hated the track. But it turned mm-hmm. into be a great racetrack. Uh, what are your thoughts as a racer? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't have anything negative to say, I guess, about the race the racetracks. I mean, I feel like at this point we've had so many darn racetracks that they all kind of blend together. Okay. And, and it's just like, I mean, we're, we just, yeah, we don't have a really a choice <laughs> on what they build or, or anything. We just kind of have to race it. And I mean, really just adapting to the track as quick as possible, getting the rhythms down, finding out where to pass. Um, but I mean, yeah, I feel for the most part this year, the tracks have been pretty average, I guess. Um, like last week and I will say it was pretty tough to pass. Um, Glendale, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, <laughs> they're just okay. the tracks are the way they are. I don't really yeah, have much to yeah. say about them. Not a lot of negative. I mean, the whoops 
have been pretty mellow for the most part. They were kind of gnarly at A2, but nothing. I mean, I've seen gnarlier than that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, with the and just going back to the tracks with the changes, does that change the way y'all set up y'all's practice tracks? Like the way that they're making them a little more peaky, trying to slow them down a little bit. Is that does that even affect y'all's setup for practice tracks or when y'all are building that stuff? Well, and that's why I feel like I have a good mix because the Moto Sandbox, Jason Baker, and Dream Tracks obviously builds the tracks, and they're a little more open. Um, there's like the transitions are maybe almost too easy, and where you, and then I go to JGR and it's like very tight, kind of awkward, and um, so it's a good mix for me. Like in the off season, just like going back and forth between those two tracks and finding a setting that works good on both both tracks, and that kind of helps you set up for race day for sure. Well, changing it a little bit, we had some people ask about your vlog, and I I haven't got a chance to watch the vlog, and it sounds like I need to from what they were saying, but the question was, did the amount of coffee and tea that you put in, is that what amped you up to be able to go top of the whoops like that? (laughs) Oh, for sure, caffeine helps, no matter what. Free drug. Free drug. But I will say, yeah, like, the the vlog has been kind of taken off the last few weekends, so... We've been uh, just doing something a little bit different, trying to provide, like, more insight into, like, I guess, our day at the races. So, and it seems yeah. like it's, it's been received pretty well by people, so it's kind of fun. Well, well, on the vlog stuff, and a lot of other racers and people are doing the vlogs and, and stuff like that, think back, you know, what, 10 years ago when how racing was. I mean, do, do you even think about how, when you coming into being a pro or as an amateur and with the amateur kids now – like how much it's changed. Does that ever hit you about as far as what you have to do for social media and all that stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I remember like five years ago, me like, like vlogging and I, I don't really think about it as vlogging. It's kind of more like a day in the life or like a day at the races is what yeah, I yeah. think of it. Like, I don't really like the term vlog, but that's kind of what everybody uses. So whatever. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's the way it's evolved and, and stuff. But at the same time, like, it's cool. Like, there's other athletes and other sports where uh, they have, you know, on their YouTube channel, they have, like, they talk about their training or they talk about what they do. And, and like, I've watched that for other sports, and it's, like, entertaining for sure. So I guess it's mm-hmm. only natural. And also, like, it, you develop a relationship with that person almost. Like, you kind of start to cheer for them because you know them on a personal level. Yeah. Which is cool. So, like, I think that's kind of what's cool about what what we've been doing is, like, people are kind of getting to know me a little bit better. And then, yeah, it's, like, it's no different than even when they have, like, on Supercross, they have, like, the little behind-the-scenes stuff on commercial breaks where they spend, like, three to five minutes kind of talking about a rider. And then you're almost, like, more inclined to want to, like, cheer for that rider once you know a little bit about him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a fact, man. I think having a connection with somebody, you know, other than – you know, everybody complains about the podium speeches, right? You guys kind of have to do your sponsor reads or whatever. That's what's expected. But it becomes very robotic as a, a, a fan of the sport or somebody watching it. And you're like, man, I, I really would just love to hear one of these riders really talk about what's on, like their feelings or what's on their mind about this race or whatever. And you can't really do that in a, whatever, a 30-second podium speech or a five-minute podium speech if it's Austin Fortner last weekend. Um, but nah. no, it's, but uh, but when you have a vlog like that, it gives people a, a chance to, yeah, like you say, get to know you and be like, oh, wow, okay, this guy is a real human being. You know, this you get to know you a little bit, yeah. And I think that's super important for the growth of a sport. Uh, I think social media has been part of that for the last number of years, and it's 
as much as there's a lot of negativity with social media, it's also very beneficial, I think, for your fan base and the growth of the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just kind of, yeah, as much as I would like to just be totally off the grid and not have Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, any of that stuff, it's like it's yeah. honestly a part of our, our world and our yes. reality at this point. So um, I, I've tried my best to embrace it and also at the same time, like not let it up. I mean, I don't want it to take over my day. Like, ultimately, I'm there at the races to perform and get results for the team and the sponsors. And I just try very carefully to to not let it, um, you know, <laughs> run my you. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about a couple more things before we let you go. Last week was a Triple Crown um, in the last couple of years. I've enjoyed the Triple Crowns. I didn't really like it last weekend. Um, I don't know what it was about the race that I just didn't love. Um, you know, but it's a different format, you know, do you, do you enjoy it as just being something different or is it something that you would rather just go away? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that was a tough weekend for me cause I had a practice crash on Wednesday and yeah. had a massive hematoma. I couldn't, I was in the hospital, actually spent time in the hospital and it was just like, for me, I just wanted to get through that one. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm not really the biggest fan of them, I guess. It's definitely a lot more racing, and yes, you really don't have a lot of downtime in between. Like, it was hard to even get food in, you know, before you're going back up. And I just think it takes away from, like, the actual, like, allure of... It's cool, like, you have this build-up all day long, and then you have the climax of the main event. Like, one mm-hmm. main event. Like, winner-take-all. Whereas with the Triple Crown, it's kind of just, like, watered down a little bit. Okay. You know, uh, like, I, see, not, I see your point. Yeah, like, it's kind of cool to have the heat, like, practice qualifying, have a heat race, and then, like, all right, like, all, all stakes in, main event. Whereas, like, with the Triple Crown, it's just kind of, like, I don't know. <laughs> and also, it's the same factor, too. They're shorter, so it's, like, there's more chances for, like, random people to do good, I guess. Yeah. Which I think as a fan, though, that's that's part of maybe it makes it a little more exciting because you don't, you know, in years, Pat, like, the last couple of years of Supercross have been pretty great. But years previous, you've got your superstar guys, especially like we'll take the 450 class. You know, oh, Ryan Dunsey's going to win. Ryan Villapoto is going to win. James Stewart's going to win. You know, whatever. When you have something like a triple crown, you go, oh, well, maybe, maybe Vince Freeze is going to get a start. And that could be something different. It just, the, I think the idea was to mix it up, which it sort of does. Um, I do think this is something that I've heard on Pulp, you know, and a lot of the writers have talked about it. It should pay points a little differently because those guys and you well, you guys get robbed a little bit uh you race way more but for really no gain on your end of the you know it benefits the fans don't know that it really benefits you guys as riders maybe there should be some tweaking but yeah i think your point is very valid yeah well you're definitely yeah you're definitely not getting paid anymore and you're, you're out <laughs> right. there risking it a lot more you know yeah yeah aspect of it but I mean, just maybe I'm old fashioned in in terms of like I just like <laughs> kind of the main event style. So yeah. Well, hey, before we wrap this up, man, uh, what do you expect out of your brother in East Coast? Um. Yeah. I mean, for him, the fact that he's just lining up, you know, um, after after his injury, being away for like a year and a half, I'm I'm pretty excited for him. And yeah. he's been trapping pretty hard. He's been kind of grinding more or less since August. Did Monster Cup, did Bercy, and he's just been in California. He would have probably done West Coast, obviously, but he had a little practice crash that right. only took him away from like, like for like maybe a week or whatever. He didn't take that much time off. But, yeah, he's just been out in California grinding. And, you know, with Christian Craig, Jet Lawrence, and those guys, he's had some good teammates to train and practice with. So 
I, don't, yeah. I feel like he's in a pretty good spot, but I also feel like he's not putting a lot of pressure on himself to like necessarily go win the championship. Um, it is kind of like a rebound year for him, which I mean, honestly could maybe help him because the years where he's put a lot of pressure on himself, he's basically like, there was a few years where he like didn't make the main event or right, like right. completely like grenaded himself like right away. So yeah, I mean, I definitely see him being like in the top five podiums. I mean, possibly maybe if he gets his kind of gets the mojo going, maybe a win <laughs> halfway through or something. I don't know. But well, I'm excited. His brother, I just want him to be healthy and safe and just, you know, slowly build that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I'm most excited about is hearing how excited, you know, it seems like he's rejuvenated. And uh, I, I'm really, I'm just excited to see him out there and having a good time and, you know, like you say, being safe. Um, but Alex, man, really, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Um, I'll, I'll actually be in San Diego, so I'm sure I'll come search you out and say hi to you, but I uh, appreciate you coming on for a little bit tonight. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate having you on and having me on and talking. It was fun. Absolutely. We'll see you this weekend, man. And, uh, take care. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. All right. See ya. All right. Alex Martin. Uh, good interview, man. Yeah. He always I mean, I, is. I, 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 I think mean. it was good. I, I hope. <laughs> I don't know what the. It's always good talking to him. Like he's he's good to talk to. He doesn't seem to really hold back much. You can yeah. tell. He, I think he always does a little bit, but I think well, I don't most, know that he's he's one of those guys. Like he even kind of kind of hinted at like he would rather probably not have yeah, to be out that's there. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like yeah. If he was, I wonder if he was like on top of the world in a way or the fastest man like Eli is. Would he just be just leave me alone? I'm training over here. Kind yeah. Of thing. I, I I think he's one of those guys that probably would rather just keep to himself. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just a guess. Um, okay, so let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Bill Harris. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray, and if you don't use X-Brand, then you. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo sent you. Hey, our next guest is brought to you by Acherby's USA. For decades, Acherby's has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. 
With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Acherby's has what you need. So visit acherbysusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and ask for Brian. Let them know the Moto X Pod show sent you. But Acherby's brings us the 2019 Supercross champion, Cooper Webb. What's up, bro? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going great, man. I am excited to talk to you. Um, our schedules haven't worked out so far this year, and I've been really wanting to get you on since the season started. Um, man, you know, you are really kicking ass as far as I'm concerned. I don't know that everybody realizes, you know, how close you are really with your finishes other than St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been uh, a good start to the year so far. I mean, obviously, um, you know, that 12th at St. Louis really was uh, unfortunate, but hopefully get the, the, the bad race out of the way early and uh, keep plugging away like we have been the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, I want to ask you about, you know, last year, you know, we talked about this in the past that you weren't super confident going into the season, took a little while, but by Dallas, uh, I think that confidence had, you you knew that you belonged. Uh, How different was that for you going into this season? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely a different approach. Um, Last year, I didn't really know where I stood to where, you know, this year you you know, you kind of expect to be right where you left off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a lot different position this year, you know, um, and the first couple were, you know, so far so good, but yeah. definitely uh, want to be a little bit closer. You know, I, um, like I said, Oakland was a, a really good race and A2 was a really good race. And I, like I said, I, I've been up in the mix, um, but still missing just that, that little bit, um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's still early. Obviously, it's only round five, and I feel like I'm I'm really close. And, um, you know, obviously, you still have a shot at, at the main goal being the title. So that's the, yeah. the big thing. And like I said, I think right now I know I belong. And um, just kind of fine-tuning everything to uh, try to really charge hard the rest of the year. So what does that mean, fine-tuning? Are we, like, you, we've definitely seen improvements. Even though you got a third at A1 and you got a third at A2, uh, I think your aggression at times and your your overall speed look better to me at Oakland. What does fine tuning mean to keep improving? Um, a little bit of me, uh, riding wise. You know, I think the first few I was a little, obviously the fitness really took a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was unfortunate, but uh, you know, it, it also kind of took away from you know the first round, second round. You kind of get like a really good feel on what you need to work on with your bike and. You know, with me being uh, under the weather, you really didn't get to those kind of first race testing, like I say, maybe jitters out of the way. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of been going on. And, and I think uh, Phoenix, you know, fourth was was a good good salvage, you know, for how I was riding. And uh, so, but I think overall, I'm lacking a little bit of speed. You know, Open was a much better, you know, qualifying. I was third, which was. Um, back in the top five for the first time this year, and my speed was a lot closer to that that lead pack. Um, oh, yeah, obviously, I know the, the fitness is great, but uh, a little bit of speed on my end. And then, you know, a big thing for me was Glendale. I was off one of the whoops, so we went back last week and, and really tried to figure out what was holding me back. And I felt like we we accomplished that. And um, I mean, there wasn't. The whoops weren't anything crazy this weekend, but I felt like I was one of the best guy in them this weekend, so that was a, a good confidence booster too. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, the improvement, like you said, a little bit of speed, but that last couple laps of the main Saturday night, 
you know, I, I didn't realize how much you were closing because they weren't really focused on it on TV yeah. until right all of a sudden you were there. And like, I, I would love to, I wish you, I wish they had camera views that you could go and back and look at like on the app or whatever, where you could pick a particular yeah. rider and be like, what the hell is he doing? Because you were coming. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a good late race charge for sure. You know, and, uh, like you said, I was, I had, I was up there at the beginning and then kind of lost a little bit of time on those guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from like lap, honestly about four to like 10. And then, you know, just kind of was playing catch up, but I mean, they were all riding really good. You know, Eli and Ken and, and even AC, they were, they were really in that mode. And I think they were just kind of in that, I'd say like a train where, you know, they're all going the, the same speed. They're all going fast and can really just kind of flow off each other. So, Kind of missed the the toe a little bit, but like you said, at the end of the race, I was able to keep charging hard, and I uh, was able to get around AC, and then uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> the the last lap, yeah, be being a being a spot to attempt that path to get second. So, yeah, I mean, um, and still, you know, kind of like A two, really close to the leader as well at the end. So, like I said, uh, it, was a, it was definitely a, a step, a huge step in the right direction from Phoenix. Right. Even though you know Phoenix was fourth, but I, I really struggled all night in Phoenix. So, um, you know, a much bigger step in in one week. So, absolutely, I think there's there's still, like I said, always room for improvement. But I'm looking to really get the ball rolling um, here soon. So, how far out in that last section did you know you were going to make that inside dive? I mean, was it, you know, once you knew where Kenny was going, or was that something maybe you were thinking about? before you even landed no i mean honestly i i kind of come into that last rhythm section before the finish there was two um the one right after the start you know i really wasn't wasn't in my opinion close enough to make a pass and you know i kind of had a really short line before the last um rhythm and the turn before and kind of was able to to catch them there a little bit and then we were side by side and and honestly, he had the inside, and and I, we were doing the same rhythm. So mm. I, I kind of was like, man, I, I I'm not going to be able to get this pass made. And you know, he had been going uh, like to the third rut in that turn. So I figured he had the inside. He would block the inside, hit his third rut, and me not really have have a chance to get to him because I wasn't going to be able to cross over any ruts. And uh, so I had kind of committed to all right, as soon as I land, I'm going to turn as tight as I can and try to, you know, straight line it to the finish. Yeah. And uh, he's going to go a little wide. And I think you saw, you know, when he overjumped, it kind of messed up the, the his maybe initial idea. And as soon as he landed off that single, he, he cut super tight, which was my same plan too. And, um, you know, obviously, there was some unfortunate contact there. Right. Uh, and, um, but, you know, like I said, it was one of those things where I really didn't think I was even close enough to make it happen until really the last second. And, um, okay. you know, just like I said, made that cut and, and wasn't even sure where, where he even was. So, yeah, but like, like I said, it was, uh, it was definitely a really hard fought race. And you know, I think he, with two laps to go, still had about five, five or six seconds or so on me still. So, um, I was stoked with with being able to to really charge the to the checkered flag yeah definitely it was uh like i said i wasn't expecting it until probably 
a section or two before the pass actually happened, and I kind of caught a glimpse of you on TV. I was like, oh, wow, he's close. And then all of a sudden you were there, and um, it was it was pretty impressive. So, you know, and I, I like the fact – I'm sure you're getting a little bit of heat. You know, the, the keyboard warriors love to – to hate and you know people are, there's certain people that are Kenny fans probably think the pass was too aggressive or dirty or whatever but you know when Kenny even on the podium says hey man I would have done the same thing that's you know you got to make a pass uh and you you certainly weren't it, it, it's you clearly weren't going in there to clean the guy out you were you know the, the lines the, the lines that you guys chose came together and it was that was a great it was a great move I thought so good luck or congrats yeah, on that it. no I appreciate it like you said obviously it sucks that we did make contact yeah. and that's what you're always trying to avoid. And, um, you know, so it is, it is tough. And like you said, there's, there's, um, a, a broad fan base. So it's <laughs> yes. hard, hard to please everyone, but well, it's you know, impossible. I, I try to race, race hard, but also have respect, which, uh, you know, I have a respect, a lot of respect for all those guys. And, yeah, you know, we're going to be racing each other a lot. So it's, uh, you never want to do anything, intentional absolutely yeah you know talking about that the fans and and then like the personalities of the riders you're gonna have guys that like or fans that like the aggressive guys like yourself or austin or you know uh ferrandis or whatever and then you're gonna have the people that just hate on everything um your personality is one that you're pretty open you're pretty honest uh you you say what's on your mind um you know and i've asked you about this before but uh what are the benefits of that do you think uh just because look Fans always say with certain riders, are they too robotic? All they do is they they go up there, they thank their sponsors, and that's it, you know. But then you have a guy like yourself or Adam or somebody that has a personality, and then people complain about that too. Uh, is it just a matter of just being yourself, and who cares really what anybody thinks? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's tough to um to please everyone, but you know, I think the biggest thing, as long as you're respectful and have respect for everyone, and and try to uh, you know be the best you can and like you said I, I stay kind of true to myself and and I'm I feel like maybe a bit more honest and yeah um you know I'm very passionate about racing so uh you know it's it's a it's an emotional sport so sometimes you know emotions can get in there so like you said I try to stay true to who I am but uh definitely you know be respectful about it yeah, absolutely. How about the tracks this year? Um as a spectator, I've only the only one I've been to so far is A1. I thought the tracks have been really amazing uh, for watching and for the racing. Watching practice at Oakland this weekend, I thought, oh, this is going to suck. This is not going to be good. But it turned out to be one of the best tracks as far as actual racing goes. I think I feel like they've done a really great job. Uh, what do you think on the tracks this year as a rider? Yeah, I think they, they really have um, changed quite a bit. You know, um, I think we've had a little bit of everything so far, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. I mean, uh other thing I like about it, they seem to to be bringing the bigger bowl turns back, um, which is nice. You know, I know they kind of went away with away from that the last few few years, kind of making them shorter, so you know, for safety and stuff. But right. the, the big bowl turns are are nice for racing and creating different lines in the rhythm and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I think that they've been a good mix. They've all been a little bit different. You know, obviously the soils. Um, at all of them have, have been quite a bit different. Um, you know, I think the only, I'd say the only criticism I'd give it, like the last two weekends, um, there's been like a, a, a turning rhythm and that would be the only negative I see. You know, yeah. I think it's, 
base it for for one line um, scenario. But I mean, like I said, that's that's the only thing that I maybe disagree with. But so far, I thought the checks have been awesome. Okay, uh, talk about training with Zacho a little bit. We had him on a couple of weeks ago, and, and he said he you guys have really he's enjoyed you know riding with you and seeing where each other's at. Uh, I did kind of make fun of him because you guys were both sick th- at the same time, so I didn't know if you maybe shared a milkshake or something. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But really, what's it like out there? You know, training with a guy like Zach. He's he's very aggressive, like you are, and uh, you know, very passionate. I would think that those some of those practice sessions out there at Alden's place gets a little heated with just you know not not like a mad heated, but nah, wanting, wanting to beat yeah. each other, right? Like just wanting to have fast time or anything like that. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's obviously it's unfortunate that Marv, you know, got injured this year, so we don't have him a part of it. But uh, yeah, so far this year it was a little different with me and Zach being, you know, the only two uh, there at Eldon's training together, and so uh, we kind of got to know each other a bit more. And yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. We're we're both from the South mm-hmm. and uh, kind of have a similar, you know, personality and stuff like that, and can joke around, but. You know, when when it's time to do the work, we we put in the work, and uh, but like you said, we're both very competitive, so it, it's definitely been good to uh, feel like we can go out and, and ride hard and battle each other during the week, but but have that respect and and friendship off the bike that uh, that we both know we're trying to get better. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and he's you know he's quite a bit older than me, so he, he has a lot of experience and. Uh, yeah, so it is cool. He's the old guy out there, right? I know. I know what you mean. Hey, so a couple more questions. Uh, when you're, you know, speaking of ride with Zach or guys like that, are there, you may not want to name names, but is there anybody out there when you're on the track, you're like, oh, I don't want to get next to this dude? or And then in reverse or the opposite, is there anybody that you really enjoy racing close with? Brain bucket. Um, man, I mean, in the, the 450 class, there's so many amazing riders that, you know, there's no one I definitely don't want to be around. They're okay. all super talented and, and good. So, you know, um, to me, I feel pretty comfortable being around everyone, actually. And then, uh, honestly, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, okay. uh, I like just having a, to me, a good race, like good battles and, um is always nice, you know, honestly, all the guys racing towards the front, that's, those are the guys I want to be racing, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, every weekend's different, and that's what I've noticed, it seems like, uh, so far this year, like, it's just a, a different mix always, you know, we've had multiple different winners, um, different points leaders already, mm-hmm. you know, different people on the podium every weekend, so, I think that's the, the cool thing about it is, Right now, there's a lot of guys that are very competitive towards the top, and um, you don't really know what you're going to get. So, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, the goal is to always be um, the the top, top, uh, top, top race, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, last question. Uh, so we we heard Jason Anderson, or at least we've heard it said that Jason really struggled with some of the. Uh, responsibilities that came with winning a championship. And I, I may have asked you this at A1, but um, talk about that a little bit. Like what responsibilities maybe that came with the championship that you maybe weren't prepared for? Or uh, was there anything that you just really didn't want to do but had to do? What's it been like for you? Um, no, it's been pretty pretty awesome. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's such a dream come true that, 
um, you know, man, it, it's like, it's still kind of, uh, one of those things, like, obviously, you know, the number one is, is, uh, have a target for sure, but it's like, yeah. man, that's, that's what you work for. And every time I see the bike and I have that number one, it just kind of makes me realize, you know, how sweet last year really was and, and the hard work it took. And for me, it's almost a, a motivator, you know, to try to go out and, and do it again. And I mean, as far as obligations, there, there hasn't been too much more, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, the media start to get a bit more involved in it from that end, but um, you know, no, no real big, big changes. I just think it's the only difference is you know the expectation is is definitely there, um, but you know, it's it's good to have that too. It's a good motivator and a good um, reminder of, of what you're capable of. So yeah, I guess I, the, the biggest thing so far this year, what I've realized is. You know, with that number one played and after winning last year, I think, you know, I started started the season obviously a little sick, like I said, but but maybe a little, you know, conservative, trying to be consistent like I was last year instead of really uh, going for it in these first few races. And I feel like at Oakland, you know, I was able to kind of get back to that of, of really trying to go for it and, and just uh, race forward instead of, you know, just... Uh, kind of being consistent yeah yeah that, that makes sense i mean um you know you, starting off i think like that is probably a good thing early in the season because uh we see a lot of mayhem happen especially at a1 in the years past and things you like they always say you could lose the championship you can't win it at a1 but you could lose it um mm-hmm. you know and, and being sick like you were and still getting third at a1 you know i mean that's i feel like that's pretty a uh, pretty major yeah. salvageable salvageable ride or whatever you know and um, so sure. and hell you're, you're what, I think 18 points out, which really, it's not, it's not a lot. I mean, it's, it's uh, a bigger gap than you'd like it to be, but it's not yeah. insurmountable. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'll be at San Diego. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. And Cooper, I appreciate you taking some time for us tonight, man. Yeah, no worries, man. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. And like I said, I'll come see, uh, are you riding press this week or do you know? No, no press. Okay. Well, I guess I'll see you Saturday, man. Yep. Sounds good. Okay, bud. Take yeah. care. Thanks. Defending champion Cooper Webb, man, I uh, always appreciate him having some time for us. Pretty, pretty great interview, as far as I'm concerned, from his part. Uh, maybe my my interviewing skills weren't that great, but his his answers are pretty awesome, pretty honest. And I like it. So yeah, Cooper Webb. All right, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up Moto X Pod listeners, this is Darkside. And as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try... All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces, go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy 
or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP Authorized Service Center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes. They cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. All right, guys, once again, we're back. Uh, next guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing became the title sponsor of Supercross and are once again in 2020. Uh, they're also a sponsor of our show, obviously, and we want to give away, along with Fly Racing, a Fly Revel Chess Pro this week. And what we're going to do is TJ or I are going to say a secret word. We're not going to tell you what that word is. You're just going to have to listen. It's going to be planted inside the show somewhere in post. And you guys email us at motoxpodshow.com. Nope. At motoxpodshow at gmail. Gmail. At gmail. And give us your guesses. And we'll give you guys two weeks. And we'll pick a winner for the Fly Revel Chess Pro. But anyway, uh, Fly Racing tonight brings us Mr. Bill Harris from uh, Feld. He worked with Supercross Futures. And uh, it's been a pretty amazing program over the last couple of years bill what's going on man hey guys how's it going going really well, good just uh we're uh in already in the 2020 futures program so hey your phone cut out say that again oh sorry we're uh four rounds in already on the uh the, the 2020 futures program so season is going i uh i'm definitely feeling it but, uh, <laughs> yeah i bet to have the second season going here yeah, I uh, I got to make a few of those last year at some of the supercrosses I made, and it man, it, it looked amazing. Uh, had a lot of friends that got to do like the Texas rounds that had a blast. Um, what what's been the you know the overall feedback in the just overall for the last couple of years? Uh, last year, I mean, you know, it was, it was new to everybody, so yep. you know, a lot of people jumped on board. Um, you know, it was kind of the honeymoon phase of it. Uh, it was really the first time anyone had gotten to ride, you know, ride a Supercross track like that. I mean, I know they did a couple of amateur days way back, maybe in the late '80s or '90s. But oh um, yeah, I didn't want it. I did one at Texas good. Stadium. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, and I so almost I killed myself. Kind of. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and to go along with that, um, you know, we're trying to keep the tracks as as close to what they were the night before. Um, you know, I know last year was kind of a learning curve in all aspects of that. Um, you know, is a track too flat? Is it too aggressive? Mm -hmm. You know, you have sea riders and then you have the, the 250 futures kids that are coming through that are, you know, they, they're trying to prepare to go to supercross. So you don't want to flatten it out too much, but, uh, I think we got a good mix. I mean, this week in Oakland, it was a pretty nice track and, uh, I think it kind of fit, fit everybody, you know? Yeah. I was going to say that because one of my points that I had that I wanted to make because I've got to go to a lot of them and my son riding them for the in the Supercross Futures class, like y'all yeah. y'all genuinely aren't really changing the tracks that much. I know you take some of the steepness out of some of the jumps and that kind of stuff, sure. but 
who makes that call? Are you out there with a tape measure or <laughs> what's going on? Like with the shovel, well, the, knocking with it ruler. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm out there running the shovel at, at 10 o'clock after Supercross. That's right. So <laughs> uh, we, we sit down. Honestly, a lot of that stuff happens preseason. We'll go over the track maps that, that Dirtworks and Feld have, have gone through and, and created and approved. And then we'll, we'll just look at it and, and say, okay, this, you know, we got to take a whoop out here at the end because this, you know, people are going to be going fast into this berm or, Hey, this split section, let's make it all one face all the way across rather than have it split. But, um, honestly, if you look at the Oakland map that we, that we highlighted on what's going to change there, there are only maybe five or six things on there that, that really, you know, need adjustment. So, uh, I, our our philosophy is, you know, people are paying for a Supercross branded event. And they want to ride Supercross, and we're going to give it to them as as best we can with with keeping it as safe as possible. Yeah, I, 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 obviously that's what people want. Um, last year, yeah. it, it seemed like at the ones I went to, the whoops were the one thing that mainly got taken out. There was, I think, at uh, mm-hmm. maybe Houston or somewhere, there were some rollers. Is that something mm-hmm. you're still doing, or are you trying to actually leave some whoops in this time? Oh, they leave no, whoops. I'm, I, yeah, I'm trying to leave whoops. I mean, that's what some of the feedback was. Is guys okay. want the whoops, especially the faster guys. I yeah. mean, that's kind of the, the separator, especially on Sunday where the track might be a little bit faster than, than it was Saturday night. But, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think we got to leave them in there. I raced Tampa two years ago when it was Supercross Amateur Day uh, when we were kind of doing those test markets, and they had, like, rollers in one section, and they were just too far apart. It just didn't didn't really work, you know? Okay. Um. So I think I think having the whoops in there, I mean, albeit not have a, a, a huge long pad, but at least something to give these guys a taste of, you know, yeah. a whoop section. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you one thing that's got to be really hard is that I think you are actually doing good because I'll sit up and watch a lot of them when I'm there. Like I watch, I'll just go up there and watch the super minis. I'll watch all the classes, mm-hmm. and I would say ninety percent of the people, if not more, that aren't in that futures class, they're running moto suspension and able to yeah. not die on those tracks so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's the thing i mean you get anybody coming through the gates you know guys that just want to try because it it's a novelty to race in the stadium all the way to guys that are trying to make it and and they're on i mean all different machines i saw a guy who was on a 2002 rm250 this week <laughs> nice in like the 40 plus class uh, yep, i watched that gentleman awesome. yep yeah, it's that's awesome. I mean, it's great to see that that you know those bikes come out and and go out there and race. So. Did Did you see the guy yeah. that was running the headlight with the tail light, the whole like off road? <laughs> no, stuff? I, yes, I heard about that. <laughs> that's cool. Oh man, that's what I'm saying. You get you get all these different bikes out there, and you don't. I mean, not everybody's suspension's up to stuff to handle that track. So, um, trying to keep it as friendly as possible is definitely so needed. So you are there and. And I, I get to, you know, obviously I'm paying attention to what's going on and I'm seeing people constantly coming up. And what I think is cool, y'all have got a tent set up out there and y'all are right there in the public around people. You have a lot of people. What's the, I see a lot of people coming up, asking questions, saying things. What's something that you seem to get a lot of that surprises you or kind of catches, caught you off guard that, you know, stuff like that? Um, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. I've <laughs> through it over and over again. And we're answering the same question. How do we get the spectator seating? Now, I have two little signs that point to spectator seating. And granted, the pits are huge, and people don't know where they're going. But, I mean, it's, it's simple things like that. I had a guy that was uh, from France this week. Didn't know where to buy tickets. The security guard didn't steer him in the wrong direction. I, I just said, 
I'll take you there. And I just walked them all the way back to the ticket booth. I mean, nice. You know, I feel like I feel like our staff is pretty good at customer service, and I try to pride myself on that. I mean, these people are here; they're customers, and mm-hmm. we need to make their day. We need to make their day as easy and fun as possible, so that they tell their friends and come back. So, well, well if, I was, if, if, if we ahead. did that, we we met our goal. Well, I, I'll go. I'll go on record and say I watched. I had come up there, had to ask a question to. I can't remember her name. The lady who works with you. Um, what's what's her name? Shelby, Shelby's the one who works directly. Yes, yeah. I had to to ask her something, but I was up there watching you deal with people and stuff like that. And a lot of local track owners, at least in a Texas area, could learn how to be nicer to the people that are helping, (laughs) supporting their stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, it it wears on you. I start my day at 4 o'clock on Sundays. Uh, My parking staff goes out there at 4.30, and I'm with them. I, I figure... If I'm going to make them do it, and I'll be out there right next to them doing it. Yeah, so, it's the same guys. Um, like y'all have us, the same crew going to all the rounds, huh? All the rounds, yeah. And it's easy because everyone kind of fills in their little spot, and you know they they kind of become experts at it. So I'm in. I'm the first guy at the gate, so everyone's got to pass by me coming in, and we park them, and you know we're we're there all day. Yeah, we're all there for the for the riders. So whatever they need, you know, we'll do as best we can to uh, fill their needs. Yeah, something I noticed at the rounds I made last year was although it is a professional event, it's in a stadium and it has that feel. It also has a feel when you're in the pits or even in the, the crowd a little bit of being more like a, a local event where people are more sociable. Um, like you said, you guys are talking about, you know, more helpful. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it's it doesn't didn't feel like it's just a business to me. It felt like yeah, everybody's yeah. hanging out and getting along and You've got Ricky mm-hmm. Carmichael walking around and talking to people and yeah. helping kids up on the track, but it, mm-hmm. it just felt warm. I guess that's it, the best it way. It does. It, it feels a little more like family there. It yes. It feels high pressure. Um, I mean, it is a it is a qualifier for the national championship, which is an AMA recognized national championship, but it doesn't feel like that that kind of pressure. I mean, not to me anyway. Um, but you're saying Ricky Carmichael's walking around. Jacob Hayes was there this weekend. Um, you know, there's pros that are coming and going through there and, and they're just casually walking around talking to people and kids are riding bicycles all over the place. Yeah. Scooters. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. The scooters, Oof. there's probably more scooters than dirt bikes. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's nice. The weather's nice and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, people are generally just having a good time. You know, I walk around, I'll say hi to people and they're out grilling and hanging out. So. It's cool to kind of see that, that vibe in the pit. Agree. So now you've got a week off. I know you said that you were you left out of there, flew you're back in Florida in Tampa yep. now. Um with yep. the with the week off, I know you said you were gonna go hit the gym. What what do you do? Like like <laughs> like is it is is your week off actually a week off or is it like or, you know what I'm saying? Are you able to are get you away? In training? Yeah. Are you yeah. Are you no, trying to f- find no. some adjustments? It's uh it's uh it's definitely not a week off. So once we start in January, it's pretty much seven days a week. Um I flew home yesterday, which took all day. Today I was at the office from nine to five, hit the gym. Tomorrow I'll be back in the office and then Thursday I'm actually flying to San Diego to go help Supercross with some logistic stuff out in San Diego. So um, you know, a week off is just just not a week parking cars and, and handling <laughs> futures rider so it's 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 definitely still work and the emails don't stop so um yeah and i'm already working on i'm working on tampa i'm working on arlington 
I'm working on Denver, Foxborough, all the, the races we have left. I mean, there's still a lot of legwork that's got to get handled before we get there. How closely do you work with uh, Sean Brennan? Oh, real close. Sean, uh, he just sits down a hall from us, and, uh, you know, he's been a big help in helping to, you know, get some, some press coverage and get the endemic media involved with futures. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a big opportunity for for different outlets with futures. You know, it's not as maybe as rigid or as corporate as, as you know, Monster Energy Supercross is. So I feel like there's a little more uh, a little more opportunity there to, to kind of see futures through a different lens, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. What I like, you know, I've known Sean now for a couple years, and li- listen, you, you, as a fan and uh, a quote-unquote media guy and listening to other shows, you know, there's times when people have negative things to say about Feld, right? They sure. they, they talk about sure. the uh, the purse or whatever, and, oh, it's just a business. Mm-hmm. They only care about the bottom dollar. Look, it is a business, so that is something they care about. But when you get to know somebody like a Sean, and, Bill, I don't, I don't really know you very well, but just listening to you, I hear the passion, and I see the passion from Sean of how much he loves the sport of Supercross. Uh, I don't oh, yeah. feel like with Sean, and I don't really sense that with you, that it is a business. It is a passion project that, you know, you get a paycheck from it. But I you, I really firmly believe you guys want it to be the best it can be for the, for the love of it, not just so you can get a raise, hopefully. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, it is a business. I mean, that, we're, it's a business. I mean, that's, it's, there's no secret to that, but mm-hmm. I mean, like you're talking like Sean, he's got passion. That guy, I'll be walking out at six, six thirty at night sometimes from the office and he's still there hammering away. Um, that, that dude takes no rest. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people involved in supercross are like that. And that's why they're, they're, it's, you know, in still in supercross. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I think people miss is, it, you know, it, it takes a lot to put one of these events on. You know, unlike a local track where they just close the gate at the end of the weekend. <laughs> right. You know, all of all of our stuff has to get packed into all the semis. I don't even know how many semis we have now, 13 or 14 semi-trailers. Plus, all the dirt has to come out. You're talking six or 7,000 yards of dirt. You know, all that equipment has to go back to the rental store. Uh, everybody has to fly out and get to the next venue. So there's a big overhead cost there with just getting this you know, this machine down the road. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, so, you know, maybe, maybe our, our entry prices, you know, are probably a little bit higher than, than going to your local race. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're really getting an experience with, with racing inside and, and I'm passionate about it. All of my staff are passionate about it. I have a couple of my staff members who've been on tour 20, 25, 30 years. Oh, wow. Across and now with Supercross features. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you know Michael Willard. You've heard the name. He was Serena Cross. Yeah. Supercross back in the day. Never his met him, but I know Cheryl the name. Willard. Yeah, his mom Cheryl's been scoring races for thirty years. Okay. And she's still with me today. So. Well, um, yeah, that's great. You know, you know, you, you she talk. Sits, she sits out there in the cold and the rain and scores races. So. Yeah, I've talked about this on the show a few times in the past. Like the girls that work will call. Um, mm-hmm. you know, at Dallas, I think it was Dallas or maybe Houston last year, year before, I can't remember, like the generator, I think the generator wasn't working at the time or whatever. And it was freezing and they're oh, out yeah. there, you know, at six thirty seven AM dealing mm-hmm. with people who are pissed about standing in a line and complaining mm-hmm. and, 
and almost always with a smile on their face. And then you talk about getting mm-hmm. the dirt out. Uh, at St. Louis two years ago, I think 18, yeah, 18, I guess it was, mm-hmm. um, I, I couldn't sleep. So I went over to the stadium real early in the morning for the, you know, the local TV press. Mm-hmm. And those guys got it. I felt like it was like three or four in the morning. And those guys are out there working on the track. Then they mm-hmm. fix the track and they wait for the, you know, the the press day for the the big guys the big name guys and then they fix the track and then they work all day during qualifiers fixing the track and practice fixing the track and the race fixing the track and then when everybody's going out of the stadium to get in their cars those guys are just starting their next day basically tearing it down i mean if you guys are at a supercross race and watching hang out for 20 minutes after the podiums after the guys leave and just sit there and watch and those guys man absolutely the unsung heroes um you know i i don't i i would have to say their day's got to be like a 40 hour day oh uh, yeah i mean i i it, it's amazing i'm i'm 30 37 now and uh you know i used to be out there and and i used to be one of the crew guys pulling down the banners and structures yeah. and stuff like that and i mean those guys are working they're not they're not leaving to go party after the race right. at all, believe me. And they're, honestly they're finishing up four, five, six in the morning. Who want like honestly, who wants to pull down five hundred banners at you know, three o'clock after a at a local race, let alone at midnight uh, you know, yeah. in a stadium that you ha- and you have to get it done to get out the next day if there's not yeah. a futures race or whatever. I mean that's yeah, yeah, it's those yeah. guys are rad, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Those trucks have to leave the next morning to get to the next city. They have to leave. Yeah. So yeah. all that stuff has to come down, has to be packed, has to be strapped down and ready to go. At, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Like that. So with the Supercross yeah. futures, I know a lot of the a lot of the parents and people I was talking to, people didn't realize that the Monster Cup has changed venues for this year. Um, yeah, you know, we were just talking about that in the office. We think there, you know, there's probably not a lot of people that really understand what's happened there. So yeah, so I was gonna get get with you about that. Is like I I don't know. I haven't talked to Sean or anybody. Is is this just a one year deal or what's going on? Is it something that they're that they're doing more of? As far as I know, it's it's a one year deal. Um, I, I know Sam Boyd. Uh, as far as I know, is 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 going to close its doors after we're done in in May, mm-hmm. um, and and they're building that new stadium over on the Strip now right. as well. I, I don't know where that is in its completion date, but um, uh, as far as I know, this this Monster Cup going to Carson is, is one year, um, but I haven't been too privy on on the details of, right. of the, the does, change there. Does that freak y'all out with the Supercross <laughs> stuff a little bit? Going to a venue like that, you don't know, don't know, like it's going to gonna make your work probably twice as hard right at the end of the year yeah maybe we've already visited out there uh i think before the season started we all let's say we all uh, the guys from operations uh myself mike neely uh tim fan with supercross and some other folks um have already visited the venue in carson city uh, to start drafting up the plans on on how the you know everything's going to go from fan fest to the track to getting the dirt in and out the futures at that event. So by the time we get there, um, yeah, it'll probably be a little more legwork than, than at Sam Boyd just because we've been going there for so long. But um, we'll be able to drop that right into that stadium, no problem. Well, it, and like I said, if if people are on the fence about trying one of these events, I've been to quite a few. I think I went to all but one last year. I've been to quite a few of them this year. 
definitely make it out there. And if you qualify for that final, you could be going to a stadium that you may not get to go to again. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's a huge opportunity. I think the national championship is uh, kind of like the best kept secret of the, uh, of the uh, series, honestly. I mean, you become a national you know, champion. And if you're in the super mini futures class or the two fifty futures class, you're going to race under the lights with the big guys on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, yeah. That's cool. You know, I mean, think about that as a, as a kid on a super mini 12 <laughs> years old racing under the lights at monster cup. Gnarly. Like, you know, you're yeah. not going to really have that opportunity too often. So. No, no, that's yeah. You guys are doing a great job and I, I only see it getting bigger and better. Um, very impressed, man. I, and I, I think again, as I said a little while ago, everybody would love to see the purse a little better for the pros, you know, maybe for the privateers. Sure. But besides that, I, I mean, I just I think you guys are doing a fantastic job, and uh, Sean has made us as a show extremely welcome in the the press box and the at the events. And I I just I I appreciate what you guys are doing. It means a lot to us. Good, good. Well, we appreciate your support. I mean, without. You know, pod shows like yours and, and, the, and the magazines out there and the word of mouth, you know, we, we're, we're nothing. So, um, you know, we appreciate you guys getting the word out and, and kind of being our uh, our promoters, you know, to your fans. Absolutely. Well, uh, Bill, man, thank you so much. Uh, it, it's I, I say this with everybody, but it means a lot for you to take time out of your day uh, or evening to come on with us, and uh, we always appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. And if you need anything at the races, don't hesitate to uh, stop me as I'm as I'm running around like crazy. <laughs> okay, we'll do it, man. Thanks, All right. Bill. All right, guys. Take care. See ya. All right, Bill Harris from Feld, man. Uh, TJ, yeah, appreciate you lining that one out. Yeah, he's been. I've talked to him quite a few, and it's yeah. just crazy. We've had him on before, I think, yes. last year. Yeah, but we had yeah. him on, and then I've got kind of got to know him going out there, and you watch, and I'm telling you, is him and everybody out there. You just would expect them just to blow everybody off, but they never do. Like, it, it's really people need to go uh, go to the event. I mean, there's mistakes that happen to at every form of yeah, racing, I'm sure whether people have scoring or this and the complaints. But I'm serious; it's surprisingly low out there. Yeah, I think they do a great job. I, I never, I didn't compete in one, um, and I don't think you did either, right? You didn't no. ride. No, I, I rode, I rode Daytona, but I don't think that's technically a right. Um, but like Chad Mayo and some of our buddies, you know, did the Houston one last year, and everybody seemed to have a blast. Um, I just feel like <laughs> for my health, I probably need to stay away because um, <laughs> I, I would probably be too competitive and try to do something I shouldn't. I mean, like, the- like launch a single. <laughs> I watched some guys out there, bro. Yeah. Like in that vet class. We probably wouldn't get last. Yeah, there's some slow guys, but there's some fast guys too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we – for sure. All right. So, uh, once again, the Fly Revel chest protector. Guys, going to have to listen pretty close throughout the show. Hell, we may have already said the secret word because we didn't really tell you guys about this till midway. Yeah. Um, And I know after Alex Martin, we said – the next guest was Bill, but I went ahead and put the Cooper Webb interview in there. So, you know, as always, I like to make things a little confusing when we pre-record. Um, but anyway, let's wrap this this segment up. We'll take another commercial break, and we'll be back with our last guest of the night, uh, Jay Reynolds from Nitro Arena Cross. Who's your Arena Cross? He's going to give us a little wrap-up again. 
Uh, and then we'll call it a night because i got to get some sleep before we head out to San Diego. So we'll be right back. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products. Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. All right, guys, we're back, and uh, the next guest is brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oil to fit your needs, as well as chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com. And tonight they bring us Mr. Jay Reynolds from uh, Hoosier Arena Cross. What's up, Jay? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing good, man. We're, uh, we're, I'm anxious to hear what, how Memphis was this weekend. Memphis was lit, man. And yeah. I know everybody says that, but it really, really was. We had a, uh, the crowd was killer. Um, we had a bunch of new racers um, that came in and um, all our typical, our, our, our tip, prototypical, you know, 20 pros that, that show up so we can get in the, get in all our, all our, all our different pro racing. But it was, it was really, really good that um, on Saturday. What was the turnout like? How many, how many racers? How many, what was the spectators like? Uh, the crowd was packed. Nice. Um, be, I mean, it really was. It was, the crowd was packed. Racers right around 300 on Saturday. And, uh, and I think we had about 18 pros. Okay. So I think that's a, that's pretty solid for the middle, right in the middle of Supercross. Yeah. And happening. I mean, it was, uh, well, interesting thing. Michael Hicks has just been eating everybody alive. Anybody that comes in, Michael's been, this Michael Hicks kid from St. Charles, Missouri, has just been taking them, taking them apart. Well, he brought a two-stroke, 250, with him, and uh, and ran the, uh, I believe he ran the 450 class, and he actually ran them down. He didn't get a start. We had an elevated start. Have you ever seen it? It was about four foot off the ground. Okay. Elevated start, take off, drop down, 
And uh, so he didn't get a start on that thing against everybody, but um, he was right. Preston Taylor, Matthew Weekly were his, his main competition and um, for the night. But he ran them all down. He ran them all the way down, all the way through the 15 laps. It was really, really cool to hear that two-stroke thing. Yeah, people love the two-strokes, man, the, the nostalgia of that. And to see somebody be able to do that and compete with the, the four-strokes, that, that's pretty cool, man. People like that. Oh yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. He had to be so patient, though. You get it's interesting to watch the four-stroke versus the two-stroke on the same track, especially arena cross track when it gets a little bit slick. Oh yeah, yeah, just the different line and choices he, and style, riding styles it takes. Yeah, he couldn't get out of a corner quite as good. <laughs> you know, he had to be so patient before he got straight, or that rear end would just slide out on him. So it was, uh, but he could go through the loops. Oh my gosh, he just wheelie tap through the loops. It was really cool. <laughs> So where it was really cool. Where's y'all's next event? We're here in I say here because it's my own hometown. It's <laughs> where uh, where we actually started in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. So ten years ago, no, it was twelve years ago, we had our very first uh, back then. Uh, I guess we called it the American Arena Cross Series. I think is what we called it. And then yeah. it became the Liquid Nitro Arena Cross, and then the Nitro Arena Cross, and now the Hoosier Arena Cross. Um, but yeah, we had our very first event here, so we haven't been here in a couple of years, so I decided mm. to bring it back. How, how is that when you get to like go home after the end of the event and all that kind of stuff? That's, it gives you an extra day, you know, an extra <laughs> day you don't have to travel. That's about the only difference. Yeah. What's the, uh, advertising like for yourselves when you go to, from city to city? Uh, you know, social media is huge these days. It's probably one of the biggest, um, means of advertising anymore but do you still do like local radio billboards anything like that we do we do it all but the interest is so our advertising package uh i do some billboards some local radio not as much um but we still do some um the thing that used to be really big was network tv and uh and we're seeing that facebook is just facebook and youtube are literally taking over ott is starting to creep in but our results on uh, paid Facebook ads is through the freaking roof right now. Nice. Um, and TV's still there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're so we're still buying the TV. But I see a time here in the near future where uh, network TV just dies. It's, it's the only thing you buy on that is uh, is is live sports and yeah. uh, and news, right? Yeah. Because everything yep. else they can just shoot through the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. And the programming is better on most on most <laughs> other cable. I mean, you could go watch, you know, Two Guys Garage or, you know, whatever, the Diesel Brothers, right? Something that you're actually interested in yep. rather than watching some show that, that the network thinks you ought to watch. Yeah, I don't watch anything on network TV, I don't think, uh, you know, other than, sure. like, you know, maybe if you're going to watch football or something, that you know, you have to watch it on Fox mm-hmm. or... Yeah, but, we would. Right. And we had the Super Bowl playing at the stadium off of my Roku this last week. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's what that's what OTT is called over the top TV and, and it's Roku anything that's on a Roku, on a Roku device. Mhm. And um and that's that's coming into uh, that's starting to really really happen in the advertising side of the world too. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, that's interesting. Um all right, so before we let you go, what was there mm-hmm. one race or anything just in particular that stood out this weekend at Memphis that uh, you know, maybe got you off your off the off your seat or anything like that. I have to tell you the truth; it's what I mentioned just a second ago. Michael okay. Hicks coming through with that two with that two fifty two stroke that was pretty darn incredible. Yeah. Um, um, 
you know, we took a little bit of heat for for docking one guy uh, um, for hitting for hitting another guy in arena cross. Okay. Uh, we took a little heat on social media. Um, that's something that's kind of interesting. Uh, we all watched it on 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 replay. Our uh, because we run uh, the transponders. Our transponder guy has three cameras set up all over the track, so we can actually go back and review anything now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of nice. So, I mean, somebody yells, what are you going to do about that? Then we can just, I mean, we can literally grab a replay clip really fast and look at it. We don't have to look at it off somebody's phone. And um, then we can go back and we see if it lines up with our rules and what we said we were going to do. And and, uh, and we do it. And and out of that, we've cleaned up some arena cross racing. Now, some of the old school guys will say that we're uh, pansies and all right, that kind of right. stuff. But, yeah. but what we found is, is if we let it go rough, because we are a series and we're not it, it, then if we let it go just completely you know what would you call it um rogue rogue exactly yeah. then your then your pro numbers drop because nobody wants to get hurt right yeah and yeah call it pansy call it whatever you want to but um our numbers are good and our pros like to come out so i think it's uh even if one gripes a little bit here, I think he appreciates it if we're keeping it clean in the future. Sure. So uh, we had a listener ask a question here on YouTube Live, a BW Haskell, mm-hmm. ask about if y'all had planned on bringing Arena Cross to the Southern California area because he was talking about earlier they don't really have a lot of that stuff going on down there in SoCal. You know, I don't plan on going that far. Um, not because I don't want to, it's just, uh, it's just a little bit out of our, our business plan to do that. Um, there's a lot of areas that need it, you know, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio area needs it, that that's one of, that's a place I'd like to go. Um, that's probably a little closer to me and to our, Mm -hmm. you know, for where our base of riders is. Do those, Um, do those areas in like the Northern areas, like, do you think they're more receptive to arena cross because of the winters and stuff like that than some of the oh, warmer yeah. climates? Yeah. Smart yeah, question, absolutely. TJ. I mean, it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have an option to ride outside, it's just hard to get the guys to come inside, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's just, a, I mean, Mesquite, Texas, you know, last weekend, I mean, whenever the Texas Winter Series rescheduled, you know, I yeah, mean, yeah. everybody everybody rolled uh, to the Texas winter series. And yeah. um, so that was just case in point, you know? And, and so I haven't been on these uh, weekend checkups with you. And so I had some other, and one more question. Have you noticed yeah. any influx of riders getting ready for, or because of the Supercross futures? We had Bill Harris on earlier who helps run that series. Has that helped y'all with people wanting to go ride stuff like that just to get ready for the Supercross futures in their area? I think we definitely saw it at the beginning of the year. You know, it's it, 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 during uh, the Southern Illinois round, the rounds before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Guys are saying, yeah, that's what we're going to come do. We're getting ready for some Supercross futures. And uh, one other co- interesting thing is the electric bikes. They're starting to show up, the electric 50. Yeah. Okay. How's that and, going? Um, uh, good. Um, they're, they're, from what we've seen anyway, I've watched them. I've uh, they're not any faster, uh, which is a good thing. Well, I mean, it could really ruin it, right? Right. Sure, sure. Um, so they're not any faster. Uh, they're definitely lighter. Oh, my gosh. So they're a lot lighter. Um, they built it on an S that they built. And, and I'm not an expert on this, but we, we went and measured them to see what we were going to do, you know, rules-wise. And they built them on an SX platform. 
so the wheelbase is too long for the junior class. Mm. And so that's how we're running our rules. We're just sticking to our rules through the end of this year. I know awesome. the other series is they're letting them run. They're letting those bikes run in the junior class. And honestly, the motors aren't any faster than the junior, you know, than a than a KTM junior. Right. Um, but they have a seat lowering kit that gets the seat to the proper, you know, low yeah. enough. But the wheelbase base is still four inches longer. So we're just sticking to our guns on our rules. Letting if they want to run an electric bike, we let them run in the senior classes, the senior and the open class, and um, then we'll reevaluate next year. Nice so. man, nice. Well, I love to hear that. I, I think the e-bikes are really um, going to be a benefit in the future. You know, for people that mm-hmm. want to ride, sure. and, you know, like I have a lot across the street from my house where I would love to put a little rut track in, but without without e-bikes, I can't do it. So I think that's really great that they're at least KTM right now is trying to you know, get in that market. I think Honda's got one coming sure. and it's going to be a good thing. I believe, you know, um, at some point we're going to, maybe all there is for all we know, but really cool, well, man. The hottest, you guys... Yeah. The hottest thing in our market, I mean, the hottest thing that we're doing right now is that we have these Stasic bikes. Yep. yep. Been, and so we're, we're sponsored by Stasic too. Shameless plug there. No, that's great. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but we've been doing a demo ride, uh, a demo race, um, right after our track party every 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 time at six thirty, um, before from six thirty to six forty, and we're getting flood, I get floods of phone calls of people wanting to enter their kid um, in the Stay Six demo race, mm-hmm. and uh, I think those things are really really going to help us. I'm always an advocate of helping um, you know the sport to continue and thrive, but that Stay Six bike is going to be a big big uh, help to us. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Jay, man, uh, it was cool hearing from you again, man. It's good to talk to you, and uh, I'm glad the series is doing well. And we'll, we'll, we're not going to do a show next week, but um, we'll, I'll be – I got some family stuff going on. But we'll check back in with you and continue to a see how this – yeah, great. Continue to yeah. see how the series is going, man. Love what you guys do. Appreciate you. Take right. it easy, Jay. We'll Thank, catch up with you guys soon. Thanks, Jay. See ya. Okay, bye. All right. Yeah, we we had Jay on last week, and we'll we'll probably do some short little uh, catch ups every once in a while. See how the series is doing. Um, but if you guys you know have a chance to check it out, who's your arena cross on Instagram? Check out the schedule. Go see one, man. Go get involved. We said I said that last week, but um, he does a good job with the show. Yeah, it's a really cool. I've been to the one at Mesquite a couple of years ago, and uh, it's it's a fun deal, man. I mean, it's. Hell, it's just it's a chance to go race on a little arena cross, right? And it's a local series. I know it kind of goes all through the, the 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 east and the central area, but mm-hmm. that and other local arena cross series. If we don't go race those series, like his series, like They'll some of away. the other ones, like Mid South Kicker, all these different yeah, places, Kicker's they, doing really well. They will go away though if we yeah. don't support them. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's thank our sponsors again before we wrap this up. Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Moto Works, Acherbies, X-Brand Goggles, Works Wheels and Mods, and Extreme Colors. Um, by the way, Kirk Hunter with Extreme Colors contacted me the other day. And he's like, hey, man, when are we going to do another helmet giveaway? I want to paint another helmet for one of your listeners. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so um, we're I, doing... I listen. That's it. You're out. We're doing the Fly Rebel Chess Pro this this week, this month. Yeah. Uh, next month, Fly is having some new youth uh, uh, gear come out, and oh, I cool. I forget which line it is, but it's never been available in youth or youth mesh. Maybe is oh, what JT said. Like some vented stuff. Yeah, I ch- wish I could remember what he said. But okay. anyway, we're gonna probably do that next month. 
But the following months, what what are we in at right now? February, March, so April. Mm-hmm. April, we'll probably do a helmet giveaway. Sweet. Um, I'll get JT to send me another Fly F2. Okay. So you win a free helmet, and you'll get a free custom paint job. Yes, and I you, will. You you can work with Kirk and design it yourself to to a large degree. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's pretty. That's one of the coolest giveaways we give give away. Right. I mean, and no one else only, is giving out. Nobody else is giving out custom painted helmets. No. Period. No, you you get a you, you get a helmet and you get a paint job. That's so, right. So, uh, yeah, hit, hit up uh, Extreme Colors, follow them on Instagram, see what Kirk's doing, and even if you don't win, every custom painted helmet is only two hundred ninety five dollars. It's unheard of in the custom painted helmet business. Yeah, getting because that. I mean, I've seen other ones where they're advertising it like five hundred bucks, and yeah. they consider that a deal. And well, Kurt's work is freaking awesome. Kirk's painted a couple of my helmets. They're behind us, probably not on camera right now. No, but I also have had helmets painted by my other buddy Aaron Smith, who we're doing the actual raffle for here shortly. Yeah, that we talked about earlier because I don't know if we did that all on air or not. But, I don't know. Um, our but our local buddy Aaron Smith with BSM Paintworks uh, is needing a kidney transplant. We're going to be doing a raffle, a ride benefit at Oak Hill next month. Um, and he's painted some stuff for me before. And his his paint jobs are closer to 600 Yeah. Five, 600 That's what I'm saying. Like, um, people so, are advertising $500 as a deal. Yeah. Extreme Colors. Hit them up. You know, follow him. But you'll have a chance to win a, one of these helmets and a custom painted helmet pretty yeah. soon. Again... If you guys are, well, it doesn't matter. If you've listened to this in post and missed the secret word, which kind of stole that from Travis and yeah. Pulp from the past, but you'll you get a chance to wear a Fly Rebel Chess Pro. If you hear the secret word, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Give us your answers. We'll pick a winner in a couple weeks. You got anything else, TJ? That's it, bro. Nothing else on YouTube. I appreciate the, all the feedback. and. Yeah. Uh, Tony's not on here earlier. He helped me fix something on the camera. Yeah, uh, really appreciate that. If there's something y'all would like to see more on the camera stuff, um, and Marks wants to know if he's eligible. I mean, hell he's yeah, not he's part eligible. Of this show. Hell yeah, he's hell eligible. yeah, he's eligible. <laughs> yeah, we don't discriminate against our fans, Marks, like uh, some bosses do. So anyhow, we are. Pre- oh, you're too big of a fan. You call in too much. Yeah. you can't win anymore. Yeah, we're so, taking your prize away. All right, come on, quit crying. Let's get this show wrapped up. <laughs> All right, that's it, guys. Uh, thanks to all the listeners, uh, YouTube watchers. We'll do this whenever TJ's in, I yeah. guess, or he'll have to teach me how to do it like he did the software. I don't know, but we'll figure this out. We'll try to do it more often. Uh, and thanks to Marks for the idea that we stole. That's right. Yeah. All right, we're out. See you.